Welcome to Weekend Rental, episode 54. We are your gaming and geek culture podcast. As always, you can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean. Go ahead and leave us a review out there. We really appreciate it. And now you can also find us at geekade.com. Movies, video games, whatever your interest, you can find articles, podcasts, and more out at geekade.com. What's your geek? My name is Ryan, and as always, I'm joined by Andy. Hey, and Nate, what's going on, guys? All right, let's kick this thing off. Let's go right into our opening segment by Ren Burn. If you're new to the podcast, what we do is we pick a game. We each individually pick a game for a given system. This week, it's the TurboGrafx-16. We all played these games individually and then give our thoughts as to which we would personally buy, rent, or burn. So let's go through the list here. Andy has gone with Bravo Man. Nate has gone with Impossible. And I have gone with Kadash. Uh, so let's go back up to the top. We're going to hear a little bit about each one, talk about them uh, individually. But let's start off with the description for Andy's pick, Bravo Man. So Dr. Bomb is a mad scientist with an attitude. He just activated his end of the world weapon, aptly named. Uh, and only you, Bravo Man, can find his lab and save us all. Uh, about a zillion of his deadly creatures are out to stop you. Spring your killer kicks, mega wallops, and headbutts against the scissor-tentacled twin squarane. Close enough. Defeat Zoran's attacks from the sky, then face the nuclear-haired madman himself. Will it be defeat for Dr. Bomb or doomsday for us? Tick, tick, tick. There's a lot of... Du- I feel like you need one more tick, tick. at the end. <laughs> You're like, tick, tick, tick. I was in suspense, so tick. tick. There. All this doctor or all this talk about doctors and robots and stuff, it sure sounds familiar. It does. It's almost like another video game where an evil doctor does things and you're a super Dr. Mario man of some sort. Yeah. You're not quite a Bravo man, but there might be something else. Yeah, I don't know. What's the what's the scale on that? Is Mega above Bravo? Yes. Alphabetically yeah. and uh in power Qual- ranking. In quality. Yeah. Quality, yes. <laughs> Well above. Plus a gun, you know, shooting a blaster right out of your arm is way better than just extendable punch. No, I mean, punching your arm eight feet across the screen is so much more effective. (laughs) I mean, you do get a cannon and shoot bubbles. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. I I don't know. This is, it's, it's an action platformer, mostly, I guess, just action game. I would say it's, you're a robot jumping around. And then just punching things with an extendable arm. And you collect what looks like kanji that turns into something on the bottom. And I'm not sure what that part does, but it's like if um, one of the guys from like it's like if Springman raped Mega Man, then they threw the fetus into a dumpster. This is what grew out of that dumpster fetus is Bravo Man is how I feel about this. Wow, that's a. <laughs> I, I can see a description. Yeah. I, yeah. And probably down to the speech itself. Cause <laughs> that's the other thing this game has. It has a, every time you jump, it seems like he says something, but since it's a bravo, man. Power, bravo. <laughs> bravo, bravo, you could hear it. Okay. My audio was maybe was just bad. I just figured that I was just assuming no, that's what he yeah, was, he was yelling. Bravo. It was super annoying. Okay. 
And then, okay, I just want to point this out. Did anyone else like Dr. Bomb in all those cutscenes? Cause they're animated cutscenes. It looked like I was in a first person view, like porno as the female and Dr. Bravo was jabbing that dildo into my vagina yeah. is kind of the cutscene. Was it just me? I mean, I, I didn't take it like that. Yes. I knew he was like poking you with the, with the stick for sure. But I just took it as a, he's egging me on, not like some weird porno that you like to watch. All right. You're, you're just hitting home runs right away. You're just like, like just to watch. To I mean, me. and it doesn't have to be a female. This could have been like a, you know, guy and guy porn thing. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't Well, judge. it's weird now that I was playing it. I feel, feel dirty. I want that's that haircut a, though. I feel like we're not playing the same game because I really, I really enjoyed it. You enjoy penetration from Doctor Bomb in between levels. I like playing the video game. <laughs> the, the video game. Um, I, I kind of enjoyed it. I, I mean, it's not, it's not a great game. It's not. It doesn't um, display the the Turbo Graphics sixteen well. I think, but I kind of enjoyed it still. I mean, it it has a couple hallmarks of like what the TurboGrafx-16 could do, and that's like big sprites, smooth animation, but then it has like some of the negative sides that better engineered games overlook. Like I I put this on the same level as like a Keith Courage, where it's this almost 16-bit looking game, but the gameplay mechanics are so simplified and dumbed down that it feels like an 8-bit like control mechanic, which just kind of derails what otherwise could have been maybe a more full-fledged package. I mean, that's kind of the struggle with these type of games. Like once you have the giant sprites, then you have to make the level giant as well. So like everything is so big and blocky that it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot to the level That's what you're climbing up or, you know, you're not seeing much in, in one certain spot where like, if you're playing Mario, you can see how many different coin blocks all at once. And, you know, right different areas where this is just not yeah i think the jump mechanic was very odd in there uh because it's you jump and then you kind of just hang in midair mm-hmm. um or at least i felt like that was happening and i wasn't sure if it was a specific power up that i grabbed or or what but it was kind of jump and then you just hang in the air for a split second and then you come back down it was just really just an odd feel. Well, and then like like as you were saying, like once you jump and throw the punch, it like locks your character as to whatever height he was in in his jump, which means you don't get yep. a second chance if you were like a little above or a little below on an enemy, which is kind of frustrating when some of those enemies pop in and out of like tubes. I guess kind of Mario style. Was the Turbo sixteen? Um, was it known for voiceovers? I mean that I thought was kind of interesting right at the the intro screen when you uh start playing i don't know of any many games that had that yeah i feel like that's one of those things that they did a little bit more than maybe the competition just because their machine could handle it pretty well i mean especially when i mean once you get to the turbo cd add-on like yeah for sure they were doing it but yeah yeah interesting well bravo man should we move on to our next one (laughs) definitely all right let's go to nate's pick here Impossible. For Monty Mole, a day at the beach turns into the adventure of his life uh, when he's beamed aboard an alien spacecraft. He's transformed into Impossible with superpowers to save the planet from the evil Vlarg. Now, 
you're uh, now you're up to your cape in Vlarg's monsters uh, with crack up creatures ready to nail your tail. Uh, power up your laser to blast through Dragon Boss, bomb the abominable snowman, and thrash the Venus mole trap before he has you for lunch. Swim, fly, and blast your way through um, wacky action-packed worlds. The fiendish Vlarg awaits your final desperate battle. So I, I think the title should be impossible <laughs> instead of impossible. Guys, yep. you get it? I made a joke. <laughs> I made a joke. Uh, this game sucks. It is, um, it's a classic Nate pick here. Uh, it's, I guess, considered an action platformer. Uh, for the most part, there are some, um, you know, you have to gather certain things or certain amount of things. Uh, before you exit each stage so sometimes you're looking for keys or scrolls or whatever it is you have to have all of them in place before you exit and it's it just feels like a broken game it uh, doesn't look good I couldn't really tell he was a mole for the most part um, and just it's very clunky so there was one one point where I, I dropped down into um, some water or something like that and I needed to get a scroll but I had to try to jump back up and out and it it just really it wasn't working I was trying to jump on ledges there's in the caves and stuff like that jump on a ledge and then you kind of inch your way out and then you find yourself not even standing on the ledge but you're just in (laughs) midair and then you got to kind of run and jump it's uh for me, it just didn't really play that well. Yeah, so I was looking at this a little bit, and it turns out this is like the final in a series of like other Amiga and early PC-related games. Um, so that kind of explains some of what's going on here. I, I don't know. Like, I'm not as harsh on this one. I actually enjoyed... I Okay, I, I'll be fair. Like, I don't like Bravo Man, and I don't like Impossible, but I think I had a better time with Impossible. I think the art direction was better. I think the sound direction was better. I just don't like that it was this weird scavenger hunt type game instead of just a direct platformer like it should have been. Uh, but other than that, I didn't I didn't have too much of an issue with it. There's a lot of cheap deaths. And yeah, the weird platform mechanics where like you're hanging off ledges basically to make jumps is just absurd. Uh, but I mean, it's a mole in a cape. I mean, that's kind of cool, right? Maybe. When you're playing through the cave levels, you have those rocks that just yes. fall with really so it would kind of wiggle but it didn't give you enough time to even get out of the way and it would just nail you every single time it got very frustrating towards the yeah. end it, it's just there's no way to avoid it yeah you just gotta wiggle it a little <laughs> wiggle wiggle it wiggle it a little w- wiggle it a little uh yeah toward the end of that level that first level like yeah those rocks are terrible mm-hmm. uh, but i i have to say i love just they went for just like dumb art directions like i don't know if they just found some sprites on a computer like a clip art program or something and they're just like let's put this in here let's put this in there it's all random stuff i mean rain hurts you a walking camera gets you some sumo wrestlers like yeah, what's up with that so random it's just all a whole bunch of random enemies and uh, I don't know. I, I don't like the respawn. I mean, it's the thing I just don't enjoy in a lot of games. But uh, overall, it wasn't bad 
other than the, you know, one foot kick, you know, distance that you got out of kicking. All right. <laughs> Impossible. Let's move on to our third and final game. My pick, Kadash. Um, Arise, this sounds very familiar to another game. Arise, brave warrior. Your services are once again needed. Brogue the Destroyer has kidnapped the king's only daughter, Princess Sarasa, um, and is now bent on universal dominance. Become a powerful fighter, mage, priestess, or ninja in your quest to return peace to the once tranquil land of Deerzar. All right. Uh, be wary on the path to your goal. Uh, Brogue is littered with littered it with many foes, reanimated hands of stone to giant pedropods, or Dakra Ri, whatever those are, enlist the services of a trustworthy friend to your aid. Uh, for this quest allows two brave souls to venture forth via the turbo tap. Way to product place there. Uh, you must succeed. So Kadash is a great game on whatever platform. Uh, it started out in the arcade. It's also on Genesis and there's a great port to the turbo graphics. Basically, what happened this week was I was late to picking a game for the Triple Graphics, and I saw Bravo Man and Impossible, and I decided I wanted to play something that didn't suck. So I put Kadash on here and kind of cheated. <laughs> uh, so basically, uh, Kadash has you grabbing one of the. It's it's sort of like if you took Gauntlet and made it a two D side scroller. That's the vibe, kind of. You're you're grinding. You're building up. Uh, level there's like some rpg elements there's power-ups there's potions and you just build up your character level by level you can build up the hit points you can progress through the stage or you can take your time take out enemies one by one and build up your uh, overall level status which boosts your stats into you know making your character stronger um visually i would say it does a pretty good job of showcasing the triple graphics the sprites are large, not quite as large as they are in the original arcade version, but enough that this would have been impressive when this was ported, which I think was 91. Uh, and the sound design is great. Uh, the character design looks good. The enemies are cool and unique. Water, for whatever reason, makes your character spaz and like jump all over the place, which I don't quite understand, but it is what it is. And um, yeah, this is a working designs game ported to the Triple Graphics and... It shouldn't be a surprise that I love this game. What did you guys think of it? It's good. It's uh, really enjoyable to play. I thought it was kind of funny when you're picking your characters, they have like these kind of medieval-esque characters, and then there's Ninja. I was <laughs> like, I got to go. I got to go with the Ninja. So that was my, my pick. Um, yeah, it played really well. The water was a little bit frustrating when you get in the water and you couldn't get out because every time... Uh, every like second you're in the water, it's depleting your, your health. And so you kept on just bumping back. And that was very frustrating, especially if you just were like, I just fell in for a moment. I can jump out if you let me. And, uh, so there was a couple of those moments, but I mean, it's Kadash. So it's pretty awesome. And it's not fair that you picked it. So it is not, I, I fully admit that <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, Oh, what game, uh, to go up Blazing lasers. Let's throw that up against <laughs> these guys. I've never heard of this game. Uh, yeah, it's kind of an automatic win, I think, in this in this case. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It makes sense that it's an arcade game. I was wondering about that because it just seemed like 
there was not a ton of story in a game like this where they're just like, just go do this, go do this and get a key for this. And yeah, it, it definitely seemed like that to me. It reminds me a lot of like monster world or wonder boy series oh, yeah. quite a bit. Um, just in, in like the, the really light action platformer or action RPG, I should say. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun for sure. But yeah, like you said, the water, I got to the point where I felt like I was missing an item or something almost that was supposed to allow you to go through water without taking damage. But I must, yeah, I kind of like, I have gotten much further in the game than I did in this playthrough, but like, it's all about grinding that like second level section of the first level where mm-hmm. the pigs are coming and the guy yep. drops down. Like I just sat there and I would just like, grind like level eight and I'm like, all right, I'm having to go. That's the exact spot I did as well. (laughs) Yeah. The first time I played it, I did not do that. And I'm like, this game's freaking impossible. I can't do it. (laughs) Once you learn that and like the patience, it's, it's enjoyable, man. Well, it's Kadash. If you haven't heard about it, play it. Let's, let's go back through and give our picks. Um, My apologies for cheating again, but Andy, why don't you give us your breakdown? Yeah. It's gotta be Kadash. I mean, if a game can, like you said, make respawning enemies enjoyable <laughs> for me, like who likes kind of grinding in RPGs, as long as I'm getting rewards for it, that's great. And uh, yeah, it's it's a solid game, solid uh, action RPG for sure for a basically 8-bit system. So, uh, boy, my rent, I think it's going to be impossible. Like I, I just thought it was more goofy. And I spent more time playing that game for whatever reason. It was, it was a lot cheaper. It was, a, you know, the quality is probably of the game itself is probably worse than Bravo man, but I don't know. I just had something to it where I just kind of kept going and finding things. But then once I got to a couple other levels and it's just the same thing over and over, it's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> Find the scrolls. Got it. And then, yeah, my burn, my burn's gotta be, uh, Bravo man. I it's it's an okay game, but I don't know. I just did not enjoy it all that much because it's just jump, punch, jump, punch, and there's just not a whole lot of strategy to it. But I can't believe I'm shaking my head. I'm like shaking my head no when you're like, oh, I'm gonna rent impossible. It's my game. <laughs> and I'm still like, why would you do that? That's awful. Um I it's very clear for the first one. I mean Kadash, let's move on, Ryan. Um, yeah, the rent is kind of interesting because both these games for me were lackluster and seemed very broken. But uh, I'm gonna go with Bravo Man. I think I enjoyed it a little bit more. I got less frustrated with it compared to Impossible. Again, it. I mean, there, there's, there's a pretty straight line across from one to the other. But uh, yeah, so Bravo Man will be my rent, and then my burn is impossible because that game is impossible. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously for my buy, I'm Kadash. I cheated. Kadash is great. Um, I am also going to rent Impossible. I think Impossible is a more <clears throat> complete game than Bravo Man. I think Bravo Man is pretty lackluster overall. I feel like Bravo Man is what would happen if you dropped Mega Man on his head from about six feet up at birth. <laughs> uh, it's not great. 
Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just, I didn't like it. I should probably burn impossible though. Cause I bet barbecued mole is probably pretty good. He's, he's a super mole though. Well, that just means he's juicier and full of yeah, more meat. I guess. And this sounds great. Hmm. They're both bad. That was a long pause after <laughs> juicy meat. And I'm like, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I'm kind of curious about what mole tastes like, but now I don't know if that's right. I'm Googling mole recipes now. Oh, it, mm. I'm sure it exists. Oh, you know there's mole recipes. Let's let's hear this out. I yeah, want to know before I definitively decide which, decide which one I'm going to burn or not. I'm going to add an instant pot to the search query as well. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> I brought dinner home to get that instant pot oh, going. Yeah, yes. Uh, instant you act pot like chicken mole. Pots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what chicken mole is, but mole. I think it's mole. Must be. Yeah. All I know is I'm gonna have some impossible mole. <laughs> Makes it sound like a much better game. <laughs> Another Byron burn in the books. Let's move on from Byron Byrne. Let's get into, uh, we've got uh, an interview coming up with a buddy of ours, Danton. Nate and I sat down with him. Uh, he's kind of our resident uh, mod or technical expert when it comes to consoles. He uh, solders, um, modifies, and uh, makes really cool audio video out for consoles. Uh, and Nate and I have no clue how to do that, but appreciate his kind service. But before we get to that interview, let's follow up on our story, our opening story from last episode, that Kid Icarus that we mocked, which I stand by, officially sold, we laughed, we scoffed, we laughed at the price of $10,000, but it actually sold for $9,000. So my initial thoughts on that is like, this is a cluster of people with too much money on their hands who probably really don't appreciate and collect the games in the way that most of us do as collectors, because they are strictly seeking out pristine copies, sealed copies of games that are VGA graded in acrylic cases that are impossible to play. So I guess to this group, it's worth $9,000. What do you guys think about this kind of uh, new piece to this retro market? I was so set. I was so set, just like you, that it was not worth that. And when you sent that text, oh man, I got so pissed. It's just no, it just doesn't make any sense. It does take the special person that that's all they have is acrylic cases. You know, those are the people, unfortunately. So now let's say hello to high prices for very common games. Yeah. Well, that's my biggest problem is like this confuses the non retro gamer person because like what we're talking about with this Kid Icarus and this $9,000 like auctioned game is like, that's, that's the 1%, right? Like that's probably the 0.01%. This is like a, a tier of like freak collectors that 
for whatever reason, that's what they want to do with it. It's not the nostalgia. It's not any of that. It's not enjoying it for the art that it is, but all someone in the middle of Alabama here is, is that Nintendo game fetch $9,000. And that's, and it's going to blow up our hobby and it sucks. Sorry for any listeners in Alabama. (laughs) We love you. (laughs) And, that's what it is. It's it's it certainly seems like that's becoming like what happened to comic books, right? Where the uber expensive ones are the ones that are graded perfectly and people aren't necessarily all about it, you know? They like video games as a concept, I guess, but they have enough money to throw around to be like, well, this is just a it's just a piece, you know. Right. And it's it's all about the grading. And it another thing that happened this week I don't know if you guys saw this, but a complete set of the original Pokemon cards that were all graded to be perfect tens went for a hundred thousand dollars. What the fuck? So it's happening kind of all over the place. I think is is once it's getting graded to be like, well, this is a mint condition thing, you know. And so now it's determined that people have too much money. Yeah. That's like the part that just pisses me off about this one in particular, though, is like, well, there's only 10 no one sealed VGA graded copies in collector's hands when you know, we all know that there are probably 50 more pristine, better condition copies in collector's hands that aren't acrylic cased, VGA graded, and then they like just push this fact out there like it's something that truly exists, and it's like, Okay, so 10 dipshits have VGA graded their sealed Kid Icarus. That's not the end-all or be-all. Like, it just, it drives me nuts. Right. I mean, there's maybe 25% of collectors that really go for it that actually believe that grading is the a good thing to do for their collection, you know? I mean, I guess if you want to retire on it, I mean, do it now while the iron's hot, but what is this going to do in, like, 10 years? Because comics plummeted. That got oversaturated. There are a few that are worth a lot, right? Yeah, if you have the original, for sure. But, yeah. I wonder, have you noticed uh, individual cards raising up in price a little bit? I haven't noticed. Especially for Kid Icarus. uh, So, I haven't noticed, like, where it was at going up, but I think we talked a little bit about... um, the price is probably going up um, on price charting. I think we talked like at the time of last recording, it was like $43 on price charting, which I think was low uh, for a sealed copy of Kid Icarus. So if you go back to price charting today, the price hasn't really changed for a loose or a complete, but a new copy now of Kid Icarus has gone up uh, to $1,197.79 in two weeks. I think it's just following the eBay algorithm, I suppose. And so it's like, that's what it's right. worth now. So, I mean, these are actual sales of non VGA graded copies that are sealed on uh, eBay and Amazon. But I mean, that's still just like a disgusting swing, right? Because we all know that Kid Icarus was like, it maybe it wasn't the highest print run game on the NES, but there were certainly many, many copies of this. What's well, first um, and, party? It has to be. You know? Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like, it was B tier first party too, you know? So it's like, Mm -hmm. nobody really, I mean, I knew of this game, but like, nobody really talked about it after the first like couple years of the NES. So, but 
Yeah, graded. Oh, I'm sorry, the graded price now. I didn't realize they added this to price charting, believe it or not. Oh, my gosh. Take it for what it's worth. It's $27,500 is the now graded price of this mm. game. So, so that $9,000 investment. Who are the graders? And, and what is the regulations on that? What is the standards? What is, I mean, it's just Joe Schmo that's like, I can grade that. It's about a nine or whatever it is. Um, well, that's part of the problem too, right? Is like, that's kind of where grading's at. I mean, there are different pockets where people actually have knowledge, but for the most part, it's still the wild west. Like the people auctioning and doing the majority of the grading at this point still aren't the people with the knowledge. So it's like secondhand knowledge, right? You're going out and you're asking other people and determining what something's worth based on hearsay. So, yeah, I I believe that the the newer one, the the Wada games or whatever, they're yeah, they're better, right? They're definitely better than the VGA, yes. which was just bullshit comic book people saying that they they could do it for extra money. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I just I had to touch on that story again because like just dumbfounded that that worked out the way it did. I mean, I'm super happy for the dude and his family for finding that in their attic. Like, good on them, but what the hell? And then, to, to make matters worse, that's in the news. And then, three days later, a world championship cart walks into Pink Gorilla, which is like the second time in six months that this has happened. But this was apparently not just somebody bringing in what they knew they had. I guess this was a case of somebody brought in like a bag full of like, here's my old Nintendo games. Let me <laughs> know what you can give me. And the like, good on Pink Gorilla for like acknowledging it and saying like, no, this is special here's $13,000 for it. Cause to be honest, they didn't have to do that. It could have been like, here's 50 bucks for everything. Yeah. Uh, but kind of incredible, uh, kind of again, reemphasizes the fact that that Portland, Seattle, Washington, you know, all of that Oregon area where all these studios and, uh, headquarters are based at is like the Mecca. Cause if you get somebody bringing in that with a bunch of crap games. Uh, that's kind of incredible. I kind of also feel like it's ridiculous as to how many of these have been discovered in the last nine months. I think we're up to the third new discovery, just out of the blue for world championship cards. Kind of crazy. What was the number? Do we know the original number? Um, so I don't know. I think like projections were initially that it was like pretty low, like maybe 150 to 95, but um, I was listening to somebody else talking about how they think there might've been like 350 because there were, 90 some winners that were given the cart, but that didn't include like actual competition carts. So there's probably more than people realize, but I don't think Nintendo has confirmed to come across one of those bags, which is that kind of crap in there. Oh my gosh, that'd be awesome. But Ryan, you'd be the guy that'd be yeah. like 50 bucks. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> right. I know. I know you. <laughs> Well, and the thing is, is like they paid that much for it, right? But they said they sold it privately to a collector within 24 hours. So you know that that probably, I doubt it went for less than 20000 I think that was about the price of the last one that sold. So nuts. And this, like, I, I, I don't endorse prices like that. Like, that's like you're the cream of the crap as far as collecting goes, like completionist collecting goes. But. That at least like makes more sense in my head to me than a nine thousand dollar kid Icarus. So I still wouldn't do that. I wouldn't take out a you know home equity loan to pay for uh, that cart. But <laughs> when the banker asks you, so what are you going to do with the money? Yeah, there's this little video. Well, I'm going to re- 
Yeah, refinance my student debt and <clears throat> buy a Nintendo World Championship. What's that? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Honestly, like if you went in there with a, if you did your research and showed how it might be a good investment up until, <laughs> up until this point, they they might, if you had the right banker, they'd be like, maybe. I certainly wouldn't hold anything against it, but. That is true. Good on them, though. Yeah. A couple lucky bastards two weeks in a row. It's yeah. pretty amazing. There's always, there's going to be more, too. Maybe one day it will be one of us. Most mm-hmm. likely me. Maybe I'll find another string and hang, hanging out of a cat and I'll pull on that and out comes a, you know, gold cart. Nintendo I World feel like this should be this should be a Christmas <laughs> video uh, for Vidya Gamer. Please make it happen. Oh, that's a good idea. Is, I got a few months this? to work on it. Oh. Make sure you send it into <laughs> <laughs> send it into the grading service with all the shit all over it. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yes. <laughs> Well, those graders don't know what they're even looking at, so they would get it, and then they assume all copies should have these brown spots all over it. So they're like, well, yours yours doesn't have these brown spots, so it's not worth as much. What you do is you put the gray Nintendo World Championships cartridge into your cat, make him eat it, and then you feed him nothing but gold schlager for the next three weeks, <laughs> and it comes out as the gold cart. <laughs> and you've just uh, made an extra ten grand. It's totally worth it. I think PETA approves, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> the cats, they're like, why does this cartridge have to be so big when the chip is so small? <laughs> oh, God. I don't know how to segue out of this, so let's just cut to our interview with Oh, I got something. Nate. Oh, what do you got? I've been playing the uh, game of the year for 2019. Just started yes. it today. Yep. What is it? It's, well, it's also the game of the year for 2018, 2017, 2016, and that's uh, No Man's Sky. You didn't. You bought the VR? It, it, it's a free update. Oh, it's free? Yep. So I got to, I played it in VR tonight, and it was spiritual. Say. Did it really change the game that much? Uh, it's pretty cool, for sure. It There's certain sections of it where it's not it's a very good concept in VR, but it does not feel good to be in VR. I mean, if I'm still like blasting 8,000 rocks to like mine whatever the fuck it is I need in VR, I don't know if that's an update that I need in my life. Yeah. I, I haven't played enough of it to know if they've changed any of that, where it's a lot more or less grinding just for, you know, different materials. But sure. It seems like they have actual multiplayer now, too. So that'd be cool. Well, being it's got a VR ad and I might have to update it. I haven't played that game outside of like the three hours I sunk into it initially, so yeah, might be worth it. Yeah. I like how that game just like resurfaces every nine months. They're like, well, we're doing a thing. I think the headline that I liked the most was this newest update won't destroy your bases, probably. No Man's oh. Sky. And oh. I was like, oh, that's resounding. It probably will eventually or something. I don't know eventually i yeah they they add a lot of stuff so but i just haven't had a lot of time with it to see all that stuff well it's hard to argue with free i guess if you mm-hmm. already bought the game at this point i think they've they've more than made up for their mistake on that game but 
waiting 18 months to release it probably would have been a better bet. Yeah. But what do you do? I heard it's coming to Switch potentially. Oh, really? I don't know if that's true. That was just speculation. Somebody said that I, he was interested in it. So I could see it. I mean, they've made it super blurry in VR, so just <laughs> port it over to Switch. Let's just go for it. Yep. All right. Well, I'd love to continue talking about the news because there are some more things, but we got this interview to uh, splice in. So this is Nate uh, and myself talking with Danton, fellow collector friend and gamer uh, in our local area. So uh, please enjoy this interview and uh, we'll cut back in with Failbag once it's all done. All right. So Nate and I here, we're sitting down with our buddy Danton. He has decided to join us. Um, first time seeing my game room. Can you tell everyone how amazing you think it is? It is amazing. That's that's what you wanted me to tell him, right? Exactly. Okay. It wasn't forced at all, right? That's your actual thoughts? Of, of course not. I was definitely not paid in, in Reese's Pieces to tell you that. Dang it, I was going to pay you in sexual favors, but... <sighs> in reality, sure. it's just like a wallpaper like printed of of games, and you really only have the Mario trilogy. Right. I guess so, I, yeah, you I can green screen anything these days. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I didn't touch any of the games, so that, that's Weird. very true. <laughs> yeah, your first clue should have been, why are we playing any of these? Well, you see. So, um, we thought we'd have you on the podcast. We've been talking about this for a while, but um, Nate and I are always blown away with Dan's ability to uh, mod all of the consoles anything. that you get, backup games. Yeah. You're here helping me as we speak, uh, recording this. Hack my PlayStation Classic, which I think most normal people would be competent enough to do, but I'm dumb, so I have to have Danton help me with that. Even yeah, yeah, no. he updated my uh, my arcade cabinets. Yeah, you've kind of been like the go-to person for all things tech, technical. Yeah, no, that's one of the things that I enjoy most about you know the gaming um, scene, except for the actual gaming part. Um, you know, just getting the best output, whether it's like video quality or um, just even just a user. Say it. Best uh, quality of, of, of life as far as playing your games, too. Right. <clears throat> um, so whether that's using an adapter to play um, your, your Game Boy Advance games on a TV using a Super Nintendo controller instead of the $200 Hori pad that is an official controller. Right, which you also just hooked me up with. So yeah. Not the Hori Pad, but the Sweet Adapter. The Sweet Adapter, yes. yeah. The affordable I, adapter. I, yeah, from uh, from Rafnet. Rafnet Industries. Do they make they make, rafts? Um, well, I think it, it, the guy's name might be Raphael, I'm guessing. He's, oh. he's French-Canadian, that's all I could get out of it. Does he like pizza? I hope so. Could he secretly who, who be doesn't Ninja like Turtle? pizza? And that's so. Um, but no, they have they have uh, adapter cables for pretty much every sort of console to console um, situation that you might find yourself in. And so, uh, the one that I found the most convenient for me would be the GameCube to uh, Super Nintendo controller because uh, you could use it on the the Wii if you have a modded Wii to do emulation and play ROMs like that. You can use an official Super Nintendo controller. Um, you can even use like 8BitDo's Bluetooth adapter to play wirelessly, as well as you can even hook up a PS4 controller to your GameCube playing Game Boy games with it. 
Jeez. So there's all Can't sorts be. of options, but yeah, I think when we went over to your game room, it was pretty overwhelming with just the amount of like things that are hooked up in different ways and you can make things, you know, multiple TVs. And yeah. I mean, that was yeah. pretty, pretty amazing. Why don't you share a little bit about your setup? Yeah. Um, so I believe right now I have 15 consoles hooked up all at once, ready to play. Um, they are all uh, component outputting, um, whether that's like an RGB to component uh, cable like uh, HD Retrovisions cable, or if they made a, an official cable, um, it's it's hooked up via that uh, that cable into a matrix switch. So a matrix switch, what that is, is it's uh, kind of like an input selector um, where you can select which um, video game console you want to play. Uh, but then it also gives you the option of which um, output you want to use. So whether or not you have multiple uh, TVs hooked up. If you have a capture card hooked up at the same time, um, if you have a separate receiver for your your audio, you can have everything kind of directed as you want. Um, so I have those 15 consoles hooked up uh, into uh, an NEC XM29 CRT monitor. Um, Mine's a struggle with like four consoles. I'm like, I gotta unplug this one and plug it back in. It's just crazy. Yeah, I I've only had to hook them up once, and then they stay that way. And uh, I have a couple of surge protectors that I turn off when I'm not using it, just so it doesn't draw a bunch of power just sitting there turned off. Um, but uh, yeah, I have that uh, that monitor. I, I used to have a 40 inch CRT Sony, um, but uh, I wonder where that's at. That's only 40 inches. That, that one was, like was 50. Yes, yeah, it, it was 40 inches. I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Hey But uh, it had the built in. Built-in shelving stand, or it's a two-piece, and uh, yeah, I was able to give that to Nate. It's now in storage, and we'll be going into my new game room. Yeah, I'm excited, but that thing's a beast. Yeah. Four guys to kind of move that thing around. Yeah, I think I looked it up, and the TV part is like 220 pounds, and then the stand is another 100. And it feels it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. What I liked about your setup, too, is, like, when we went over there for the game night, like you are, like, fully prepared with the EverDrives and, like, the mods and, like, loading ISOs and you've got everything oh, backed up. Yep. Any, like, you were just like, what do you want to play? And you throw out a game Anything. and instantly it was like, well, that's on now. Let's play that. And so, it looks amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. there was nothing that you're like, eh. Like, everything looks so fresh, so new. Right. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. And the... The awesome thing and the attractive part of about those uh, um, monitors, the CRT monitors, especially like the ones that uh, the Sony PVMs or the professional video monitors or the the BVMs, which are the broadcast video monitors, uh, those are never or they weren't ever a consumer product, but they were meant to give the best video output um, to where anyone that was in a, a studio would have exactly the image that they were wanting to have on the screen at that time so it's it's crystal clear um you can see every pixel you can see you know the scan lines in between depending on the screen it could be nice and thick which some people like some people don't um i'm a fan of them for the older games but i know uh, nate really likes it nice and thick nice and thick preach but yeah as far as like game collecting i have the games for the most part that i want um 
whether that was growing up as a kid or the ones that I never had as a kid and always wanted. Um, so then everything in between or the ones that are kind of out of my price range, I kind of filled that void with Everdrives. And I think I have every um, cartridge Everdrive for the consoles that I have. So that would be a Nintendo, Super Nintendo, a Sega Genesis, 30, well, the 32X doesn't um, have it separate, but it, it's included in the, the Sega Genesis Everdrive, um, N64. Um, those are the cartridge games, uh, as well as TurboGrafx-16. I have an Everdrive for that. Um, and then I also modded um, my PlayStation 1, 2, 3. I have a, place, uh, a modded Xbox uh, Wii Shorter GameCube. Shorter list might be like consoles you only have in modded, right? Because do you have one? Um, right now, the Xbox 360. Okay. But I'm, I'm in process <laughs> of that right now. It's sitting, it's sitting torn apart. Um, with a bunch of wires and a mod chip and a two terabyte hard drive that's waiting to go into it. But that's so. what you see when you go into your game room. Like you have a soldering station, kind of a workstation. Yep. Wires yeah. everywhere, soldered. Like this is some like mad scientist stuff. Yeah. Right. It comes across as mad scientist for Ryan. But yeah. For I, us, we're like, I don't understand what anything. What are you talking about? It. But it sounds so awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the business in the uh, front party in the back where it's. <laughs> You know, one one end is the soldering station, and the other one is the the gaming station. So, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm I'm glad that I have room for it all in that. Uh, it's just a, a bedroom, but it's yeah. converted. It's all the space, like you everything need. else. Yeah. See, that's a, it's a good thing that you do mod and like go the EverDrive route because like if you were insane like Nate and I, you just bought every cartridge or game yep. you saw, you'd be short on space pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, and I I think and money. I, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Well, and even with all of the EverDrives and the modding and, and the SD cards and all that stuff, I think I still have about 1,200 games yeah, in my collection. Yeah, collection. Yep, so it's, you know, it's the ones that I like or the ones that I plan on playing at least. And so I, I could probably thin it out even more, but I have the space. <laughs> so right. I might as well keep them for now. So are you interested at all at that new, I can't remember the name, there's that new um, flash cart coming out for Genesis that the will Mega do, SD. Yeah, so it'll yes. do the CD, the 32X, um, and the Genesis. I, I'm not entirely sure if it'll do 32X. Oh, yet. really? Yeah. I, 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 I would have to look it up again, but I think that was the one thing that was kind of hindering like it. Iffy. But even like the CD emulation, yeah, that, that's, that's a huge one. That is very huge. <clears throat> and you don't need the components because it'll do it all natively through the cart and your standard Genesis, right? Y yes. So so you can even play um, Sega CD games off of like a, a Sega Genesis Model 3. Um, you can even play one off of the Nomad, which is, is huge because, yeah. you know, up until that point, you're kind of limited to your home console. But now... Yeah. Um, that Mega SD is it, it's very attractive, um, and I think it's what's the price point? It's up there, right? Like yeah, it's the high end for that. Um, I think it's like three hundred, three hundred fifty bucks. I think that's just off the top of my head. But if it's in theory your one stop shop and it eliminates a huge amount of shelf space, yep, it's probably worth it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Um, and then it, I believe it also adds in save states too. Okay. If you if you like to play that way, yeah. Um. And so not only would you have your, your Sega CD games all in this one cartridge, uh, but you would also have your Sega Genesis. I think they're adding in 
um, virtual racing support. I know that that was one of the, the games that have always eluded EverDrives. And so um, the support behind it is huge. They're still developing stuff. Um, I believe that the first batch is coming out here soon. Um, so we'll see reviews of it. And I think there's early development reviews already out there on YouTube and stuff. I think it's, it's really cool. Um, part of me wants to, you know, sell my EverDrive that I have now and do a little upgrade, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, that's when I looked at it and I thought, well, I might do that. Cause like, I'm not a huge Genesis guy. Yeah. Plus it'll do, I know it is like the master system games too. So it's yes. like, I can unload those libraries and I don't have the Sega CD anyway. Yep. But now I have the ability to play those games, so I could probably just pay for the damn thing, mm-hmm. unloading the handful of titles that I have. Because I, I like that Sega stuff, but I don't have like the nostalgia for it. So at that point, to me, that's like one of those systems where I think the flashcard it makes the most sense in my collection. Yeah, and uh, if I remember right, too, now that you mentioned the uh, Master System, I believe that it can also play uh, modified Game Gear yes. ROMs yep, as you're well. Right. And so uh, I think there's like a patch that you have to run it through. Um, so you can play Game Gear on yeah. on a TV in, depending on what system you're using it on, if you're using it on a Mega SG, then you yeah. have your HDMI out. So you got crystal clear Game, Q- or game Gear, which would be... ultimate combo. <laughs> kind of an overkill, but... Right. Well, but I mean... At that time. Yeah, yeah if you're going for like the premium experience, <laughs> you're going to do it once. Because, yeah, the only other way to do Game Gear on TV up to now has been, like, that super hokey Hyperkin adapter for the Retron 5 that I've heard is, like, a pain in the butt to get working. Yeah, as far as, like, a, a manufactured product, yeah. that, that's, like, the only way, I believe. Um, there are some, like, Game Gear modifications, too, that you can uh, do a VGA or RGB um, video output from Game Gear to a okay. TV. Uh, but that's not really for like the common user like it would be that that hyperkin adapter or the the mega sg mm-hmm. or mega sd sorry it's all so, over my head yeah i think you're drooling a little bit there no it is it's uh it's pretty sweet um so you said you have like 1200 games or or so what yeah. is your collection kind of focus on because i know we kind of all have i mean ryan and i are NES guys, uh, I mean, is there something that you're just drawn to that you're like, I love this stuff, got to have it all, or types of games? Yeah, um, so if you're going off of just like a a count of number of games that I have, like per console or per system, um, I believe, like not including modern uh, consoles, but uh, I believe my PS2 collection is the highest as far as a uh, per game amount. Um, I, I do really enjoy the PS2. Um, I don't really focus on a certain console, though. Uh, as far as gaming types, I really like beat-em-up games and, and shoot-em-up or shmups. Um, I'm not an RPG fan at all. Cheers to that. I, 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 I don't find any interest in you know, It's great not being an RPG fan, though, because it's one of those types of games that you can find cheap often enough and flip it for way more money. And yep. like every time I do, because yeah. I can't get like attached Lunar for 99 cents. I'm like, oh, I just got myself a nice NES game now. Yep, yep. And I've I've done that with Final Fantasy games oh, as yeah. well. It's, a, it's an easy flip. And, you know, the one RPG game that I kind of want to get just because would be 
Super Mario RPG, but sure. uh, that's that also has some. Yeah, yeah, it's it's such a strange game. I've tried to get into that so many times, especially now that it's on the classic. Yep, and uh, yeah, I just can't do it. Well, it was it was a weird uh, weird mix between Square. Well, was it Square at the time? SquareSoft or Square Enix? Yeah, it might have been Squeenix, I think. Yeah, Squeenix. Yeah, and they got the rights to the Nintendo characters yeah. or the Mario characters, and so it was... It's one of the, like, coolest uses of the FX chips, though. Yes. Like, I think, like, what it pulled off was kind of amazing. Yeah. They did a good job of, like, bridging that gap of, like, we're not at 3D yet, but look what we can still do on the Super Nintendo. Oh, definitely. I, I th- almost think that it's kind of like a, you know, they, they take what Donkey Kong Country had with their, their sprite work. Yeah. And took it into almost a 3D plane. Yeah. And uh, they did a really good job at it. That's yeah, cool, yeah. So what kind of... So going back to the modding, what kind of mods are you working on now? Um, so right now I have a backlog of um, broken consoles that I'm trying to repair or if I have time working just on. to fix them up, sell just to them. fix them up, the Brad sell them. tried or whatever. Pilot. Yeah. The Brad tried NES <laughs> that, uh, I had posted on my, on my Twitter. Um, and then there's, uh, uh, I think I have like two Sega Genesis model twos, um, a super Nintendo, uh, Nintendo DSI XL. So um, it's more repairs, more repairs for those mods. Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, as far as mods go, I just finished up um, adding an optical disc emulator, an ODE, to my Sega Saturn, um, mainly because I don't ever find Sega Saturn games right. ever. And so, Not around uh, this area, ever. No. Nothing but sports, if you do. Yep. And I don't think I've ever seen one, yeah. ever, Really? Yeah. I mean, area. at this point, it's pretty uncommon. Yeah. Right. Sports games in broken cases is yeah. all it really is. Um, and so that optical drive emulator, uh, replaces the, the disc drive in that Sega Saturn and, uh, puts in a, a little board that has an SD card slot in it. So you can load in your, your perfectly legal games, um, to where you can play in any sort of Sega Saturn game, um, that you've legally ripped of your own collection. Right. As we're all nodding. Slowly. <laughs> yep. Because um, I just got sick of pulling my Panzer Dragoon Saga off the shelf, you know, and putting it in. So. You know, I tried touching that, but all it did was just, it felt like a wall. I was <laughs> trying to grab it. It's real. Well, and then uh, as far as other mods, um, I'm, I'm working on an Xbox 360 mod. Um, I got one of those consoles from GameStop over Christmas that... You could buy it for, was it seventy bucks or seventy five dollars, and they give you a seventy five dollar um, prepaid card. Oh, really? It was a, it was like a rebate, so it was like a free console. Nice. Um, so I'm modding that in the process of it. It's torn apart in my game room, um, and I'm having issues with it. So it's kind of sitting until I have time. But you got your consoleized MVS all stereoed up now? Y- yes, yes. Uh, I'm pretty jealous of that. Well, thing. and I found out that it was never broken to begin with. <laughs> it was actually just the type of audio that it was outputting. Um, so, Nate, you know, you might get lost again in this. But uh, I'll the, focus. Focus. Listen to the words you. out of my mouth. 
So the MVS consoleized um, straight off the board. How you do the stereo mod, it comes off the board with line level audio. And so the matrix switches that I have that console going into um, does not like line level. It actually likes stereo level okay. or speaker level. And so when trying to have it go through the, the matrix switches, it actually canceled out the, the audio. So I actually had to bypass that into um, my, my stereo amp to be able to play the, the sound from it. And so it worked and it always did. I just nice. thought it was broken, but she had one of those like cool looking like solenoid, like phono preamps that people use for like turntables. Oh, then you can yeah. have like LED lights. It looks sweet. Well, I was thinking not even the LEDs, but the old tubes yeah. that they would light up the, the backs with. Yep. There you go. That'd be neat. I mean, you might as well. Yeah. As I say, I got the room, I guess. Well, for now. Yeah. We'll see. That's awesome. Yeah, that thing's pretty sweet. I, yeah. you know, I've been looking at those too. Like when you said you ordered one, I was like so tempted. I'm like, damn it. Well, it looks so good. Yeah. Well, when we went to to Midwest Gaming Classic, and we, I think we what found maybe one AES. Yeah. And then they had the Omega there always too. Yeah. Which is always like super tempting, but I've heard bad deal with like if you need repairs, like months to years, you're waiting. So. Yes. Yeah. There's uh. One YouTuber that I follow in the, the Neo Geo scene, uh, Scarlet Sprites. Okay. He had a, uh, an Omega, and he had an issue with, I, I believe it was like the component output or something like that. And he sent it in, and I think it took him like three, four months to actually get it back. It's crazy. And I think there was only like two or three email communications just saying, oh, yeah, we're working on it. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get it back to you. And it just, it seemed like... In his experience, there was no like customer service or or no notice as far as what was wrong with it, what was going on, and I believe he uh, he sold that off shortly after. Sure, um, I mean, are a lot of these back. companies are they? And I'm going to sound completely ignorant. Are they like mom and pop places? Like I just picture a lot of these mods yeah. are coming out of people's basements. And with the Omega, that's like a boutique. Like yeah, that's definitely like a guy or two like consolizing those. I think with the one you got, that's more of like a probably sweatshop in Japan or China where they're like consolizing these MBS yeah, cards. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think it's China. And um, there's like this end never-ending supply. It's like, where did China get all these MVS caps from? Yeah, that's that's what I kind of wondered, and that's why I pulled the trigger when I did. Yeah. Um, because, uh, what was it, six months ago, it was like 50 or $60 cheaper. And so my thought process was, well... They got to run out eventually. Right. And so when they get close to running out of stock, they're just going to up the price until they are completely gone. And, yeah. and then, you know, good luck trying to get one. And so um, I think I paid. So I got the, uh, uh, the, I don't know, the higher tier one compared to the basic, which would um, give you like RGB and component output um as well as so you'd, you'd get your neo geo controller ports but then you would also have the option to use uh sega saturn which is a huge cost saver huge cost saver um they also have really good arcade sticks for the sega saturn so True. it it only makes sense um i got that along with the 161 in one cart i think it cost me like 350 bucks shipped something like that and that alone is cheaper than the omega and I haven't had any issues that 
were caused directly by the seller. Right. There were some caused by me, but I was able to fix them. Um, and honestly, it's I, I consider it a really good purchase. I've gotten a lot of use out of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, and if you look at like the comparables, which would be like the two slots that come up for sale every once in a while, for, like yeah. the 550 to 650 price range, like now you have more options. Like you don't have to worry about like a monitor going out, you know, faulty joysticks, like where yeah. to put a freaking cabinet. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if I remember right, too, um, they've actually upgraded or uh, changed up their, their consoleized systems to where it has that stereo mod built in already. And so you don't need to worry about opening it up and messing with the wires and cutting traces and all that stuff. I've always said, like, I don't understand why, because SNK seems like so hell bent on like reintroducing their brand to the market. Like, I don't know why they don't just go for it and make like modernized, full, like pre-order only, ship through them MVS caps. Like, I don't know yeah. why they don't just do it because yeah. collectors would buy it. Like, oh, it's not like you have to make. You know, five thousand of them just like do a run of like one hundred and fifty. Yep. Like people would go nuts. Yeah, they could even have it, you know, in pieces. Right. And and people would would still buy them up, assemble them. Yeah, and... look at the arcade one up. I mean, those are yeah. like basically like disposable arcade cabinets. And people are paying four fifty for those. Yeah. Or two ninety nine, myself included. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would go for it in a heartbeat. It'd be great. What else are they gonna do? Give us another mini console? Come on. Um, you just got the mini too, didn't you? I, I did. Yeah. Where did you I, find that? So, honestly, on Twitter, I follow some like deal feeds, and uh, there was one for Amazon. I think it called it was like called the um, Neo Geo Mini Pro Gamer Set or something like that. So it it was the uh, the little uh, mini along with a black and white controller. See so the Japanese and the. North American controller variant. Yep. And then it also came with a uh, mini to regular HDMI cable. Okay. Um, and I think it was like the lightning deal was like 65 bucks or something. So oh, that's great. You, yeah. When you factor in, you know, the mini alone was initially selling for a hundred, I believe um, with the, the controllers were each 20, I think. And then and the, the hack on that has gotten pretty stable now, right? You know, I, I haven't done it yet. Okay. Um, I, I know I, I saw some initial users and people were like, it was not working at all. It was like bugging out with like the console controllers, but if you okay. plug in externals, but that was like the very first hacked uh, firmware that I saw out there. I think it's probably gotten better by now. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that it's, it's gotten under control or stabilized by now. Yeah. Usually, you know, within months of a, a new like mini console like that, there's a lot of people developing or working on it and yeah so uh yeah i'm guessing just with time it, it'll get stabilized and you can add all sorts of games to it even ones that weren't on the neo geo aes or arcade cabinet so it's awesome yeah so nate when are we uh doing all of your consoles up again you um, said you wanted so i'm in the process of moving my game room and like danton is now gonna be like the go-to guy to be like how can we make this awesome? Although it is going to be very expensive, but I am, uh, I kind of want the the quality look now that I've experienced it. I've, I've been a purist in a way where I'm just like, yeah, this is good. I, I like it. It plays the game. And, uh, but after going to your game room and playing those 
those things on like the premium looking stuff. I'm like, I kind of have to have this. Is it that much better though? I don't know. It, the colors just look so Not, good. There's nothing wrong with Denton's amazing setup. I just think you are going to be throwing cash at that stuff. Yeah. I like shiny things. You have to ask yourself, do you want little Samson or do you want all your consoles RGB modded through a PDM? Right. Because you, yeah. you could be at that point quickly. Yes, yep. for yeah. sure. Yeah, I would I would just consider just a slow bleed and just do a little bit at a time. But if you want to go, you know, balls to the wall, you, you can blow it's me balls to the walls. Yeah. You can you can blow <laughs> you can blow cash really fast. Just like you That's blow everything me. else. Blowing <laughs> cash. Wow. Um, All right. The guest is now being rude. Cash is the name of his dog, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. No joke. Here you go. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I I follow a lot of uh, really intelligent and smart people that have a capability beyond mine, even. And so, anything that I do is is you know I'm not breaking any new ground by any means. It's it's me following you know awesome people that are actually creating these mod chips or. Uh, making these tr- tutorials on YouTube, and uh, I just kind of follow along and hope that I don't break anything. And uh, usually, in most cases, get uh, get a good outcome. And you're like our super technical person that we follow. Where I'm like, how do I update my Windows and those kind of things? And then I'm like, well, you got to turn it on first. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> wow. So. Yeah, no, it's it's fun. I like I like doing it. You know, just the whole you know beyond playing the video games, getting knowing knowing that there is the ability to get of good a quality that you can with those older systems, especially like you know the the NES top loader that has RF only, and you can get it to output RGB or uh, you know the highest analog signal that you can get with that right it's a world of a difference and it's it's really cool to be able to do something like that to where you can kind of give a console that's 30 years old a fresh breath of air in it and kind of make it seem like uh the games that you remember playing or how you remember playing them is exactly how you're seeing them on the tv too it's uh i i enjoy those yeah yeah, no, and, like, to your point, like, it's kind of amazing that there's enough of a community out there that there are people still supporting and, like, finding new ways to make new chips and new products and, you know, loaders. Um, like, it's kind of unbelievable because, you know, when you really think about it, there's no reason that anyone should have to anymore at this point. So it's great that there's, like, a whole community of people who are like, no, yep. I want original hardware and I want it to work better than it did before. Well, like, the most recent one that's already getting into consumers hands is that gba consoleizer we yeah. were talking about before i hate the price point on that but i guess it's neat but i just look at my gamecube and i'm like this is enough like yeah game boy advance player is pretty good yeah i get hdmi for my gamecube so you do well you could i could you buy could. that 140 dollar doohickey <laughs> yeah the little little dongle little dongle yeah. plus it's just fun to say dongle I like to take any opportunity I can say dongle to say dongle, so. Makes sense. Love them dongles. Damn dongle. 
months. So you're gonna buy the consoleizer? Um, yes. Thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> that was a yes. You I, I was gonna say, uh, yeah. yeah, like I already did. Well, just thinking about it, like I already have, you know, probably all well, two official ways of playing Game Boy Advance cartridges: the Game Boy Player, and then I'll, I, I also have a Retron Five. It's do you know that? No you know, use, I was just thinking but... that consoleizer would be a really sick and slick way to make a custom killer setup for four swords and Pac-Man versus. That's what I was thinking too. Four uh, swords with that. Yes. Yeah. So when we got together, we we played four swords. This is the first time I played four swords. You're it, a dick in four swords, <laughs> by the way, too. And it was it was four swords that turned into Smash Brothers really quick, where. I'm picking up Ryan, and I went set him down, and it was starting to get. It was going to get physically violent if you did not. Yeah, shut that off yes. after a while. So what it was was Ryan and Nate just beating each other up, and here I am, just oh yeah, we need to go over here, guys, and so then it would stop, move over to the next uh, square of screen. And then they would just keep beating each other up. And then we'd, <laughs> we would just keep then moving we'd get along. To that end level, and it would like tally up the points, and it'd be like. Nate and I at the bottom, and it's been like five minutes telling up Dan's score, because well, it looks like all the points went and, to you. And first off, you guys would be, you know, talking trash about who got more, <laughs> and then it would, you know, yeah, end at like one, two hundred piece for each of you, and then yeah. I think I had like two thousand at one point, and... Yeah, it was yeah. nuts. Well, you, yeah, you maxed out at one point, and then it still continued counting for at least another thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. So we definitely played that wrong. It was fun. We'd pick you up and then like get to a void and just throw each yeah, other. Yeah, that turned off out of quickly. Oh my gosh! Yes, the yeah. sub four. It's areas. great. We should play through it at some Again, point. Yeah, yeah, we have to. But well, maybe say, play it differently next yeah. time. Or, I did talk to a CJ at replay, and he's like, "I'm like, could you just like totally set that up for us?" And he's like, "Yeah." Well, and and I saw that he said on Twitter that he wanted to buy or order a bunch of those. Consoleizer, oh really um yeah boards and stuff and so i sent him a tweet i'm like well you know it doesn't really make sense if you already have game boy or uh yeah game boy players on, on gamecube loader disc right yep yeah because all you need is one loader disc um you'd boot the first game and then once when it's past the boot screen you can actually take out the the boot disc because that's all it is is just, just loads, it loads it. up the bios and um loads the game up and then you can just put it in the next Game Boy or GameCube and rinse and repeat, and you have four four game uh, game cubes playing four swords on a so fun. It's fun, yeah. Well, and it, it worked really well for for us playing on Game Boy Advances yeah. with the with the monitor. As it the would main look screen. amazing though, like with like a huge like fifty inch center TV and then like four thirty twos. Yeah, like just have all one big play area and be great. Well, and then like a little spot where. You know, you two can actually fight physically. Yeah, I like it. And then it. we can throw gems at you. Love it. Yep. It's going to happen. Be perfect. Got to wear a mouth guard. <laughs> I'm playing four swords. <laughs> I brought my own mouth guard. I'm ready. <laughs> my gosh. Oh, uh, well, I suppose we've rambled on long enough, but... Uh, Definitely a, a Midwest ending right there. Oh, I suppose. Oh, gee golly. Everyone knows now. that's that's the, the key to leave the room or to be done. <laughs> okay, now. Okay, I'm not usually now. the outro guy. That's Nate. Or I am. No, we appreciate you coming on and yeah. uh, and sharing your, your modding yeah. skills and uh, game room stuff like that. 
Uh, if people want to check you out on socials, where can they find you? Yeah, uh, so I'm mainly found on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is RetroDanto, so R-E-T-R-O-D-A-N-T-O. Um, and that's usually where I hang out. I don't really have... Uh, what about your Tinder profile? Tinder profile has just, been just shut down. <laughs> farmers only? Farmers only, I think, is still active for another 30 Bumble. days or I so. I don't know any other grinder. Is it grinder? Red tube? Well, Chris, just, Christian Mingle, I, just I, I haven't re-upped on that one yet. Okay. But. All right. Well, so you can just find him on Twitter. He's got some great things on there, so you should definitely go check yeah. him out. And yeah. I'm sure we'll have you back on again. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. It should be. We'll have more consoles that we need help with. Yeah, and I <laughs> will hopefully be available to, uh, to help you out. Alright, moving on to the fail bag where we look at 20-year-old questions from old gaming magazines and answer them as if they were addressed to us. Uh, since we were playing some Turbo Graphics games earlier in the, this episode, I figured we'd go to uh, the short-lived Turbo Play magazine. R.I.P. Yeah, lasted a little bit less than the Turbo Graphics itself, but <laughs> uh, let's start out with. Uh, Deano, he says, I've heard about games like Batman and Operation Wolf having been released for the PC Engine in Japan. Licenses that Americans can relate to. Will these games ever show up for the Turbo Graphics or Duo in this country? I can assure you that the Batman released for the PC Engine is nothing that anyone in America wants to relate to. <laughs> <laughs> But there are plenty of other quality titles that, yes, I'm sure we can. And they did get ported over here. Did yeah, Turbo Graphics a have a light gun? Negative. No. Not outside of... I don't know if they had one in Japan. That is a good question. Because Operation Wolf would not be fun without it. Was it Operation Wolf or Bloody Wolf? Operation Wolf. Oh, that got, I didn't know that got a port. No, it didn't, I don't think. But he was asking why <clears throat> not. Huh. Because it sucks the little light gun. Nate answered it. Done. That's why, Boom. buddy. Mic drop. Yep. I'm yeah, a turbo like graphics there expert. No light like gun. I feel like it would be impossible without a light gun. Speaking of impossible, random, but yeah. you know what I had today? Tell me, Ryan. You don't th sound enthused, Nate. 
Ryan, oh my gosh, tell me. I had the newfangled Impossible Whopper from Burger King. Sounds wow. delicious. What is it? It means it's impossible to tell that it's not meat. And Was with, it? Uh, with uh, Burger King's flame-broiled flavor on everything, I will concur that I probably wouldn't have known it wasn't meat had I not ordered the Impossible Whopper myself. Do so you feel you like a changed man now? I mean, I want to eat real meat now, three hours later, because it doesn't quite satisfy me the way that like a good old hunk of beef would. But uh, Get this guy some meat. Get him some meat. Need some meat. But I would say if you don't want to feel guilty about slaughtering animals and would also like a Whopper, sure, go for it. Can you even call it a Whopper? Dude, I trust that Impossible Burger more than I trust the meat that Burger King <laughs> serves me. I'm just saying right now. <laughs> At least I know 100% it's not meat. That, and they're not trying to pass off like freaking rat stew and bunny pellets as a burger. All right. You heard it first. Burger King has bunny pellets. Deep fried with mac and cheese. <laughs> I'd Blame eat broiled. It. It's fine. Ooh. I wonder if you could go in there and ask for like a double Whopper and then I want it my way. One impossible Whopper patty and one meat patty <laughs> and can you also put a deep fried chicken filet on top uh, yeah <laughs> round it all out i'll take uh that impossible whopper but like to uh just put a patty on there meat patty <laughs> so you want a whopper no it has to be impossible yes it is good i've had the i've had the beyond burgers also which are very i would say like my kids didn't know the difference i knew because i cooked them but like they still have like a lot of calories and like saturated fats, which I think they're trying to do to like make the non-meat products still have like the same nutritional value, which makes sense. I don't know if like an Impossible Burger is actually better for you or not, but again, like if it comes back to the guilty conscience thing and like you're at Burger King, sure. In fact, I would probably buy this next time if they still have it on the menu six months from now, which I'll be shocked. I would pretty much always rather take like. This I feel like the Impossible Burger is a more known substance than the Burger King Burger. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it's a formula that was brought to them to their kitchen. So, yes. Huh? Is it more expensive than um, like an actual Whopper? I don't know. Maybe I don't go to Burger King ever. Um, yeah. I just went for that. I think it was like eight dollars for the combo, so it seems probably about right. Mm -hmm. Was anybody else ordering it? Was anybody else? Yeah. I was at the drive thru, so maybe. Oh. <laughs> Yell out the window. Anybody else can? <laughs> Y'all got that possible burger? <laughs> they got a tally board, and there's only one on there. Yeah. I did think it was funny that they like told me at the drive thru, like, well, can we have you pull over to the side there? Because we're out of fries. Like, couldn't you just tell me that you're making me wait longer <laughs> because you just made my impossible burger fresh instead of like trying to tell me that a fast food joint is out of fucking fries? <laughs> we gotta cut the potatoes in the back quick yeah you got fries for days don't lie to me kid hmm. turbo graphics <laughs> yeah uh where was i i do like how they uh they share in your uh concern about how batman is not a good game and mm. sh you should not be worried about not having batman over here i concur that is that is bad <laughs> But they also said, oh, yeah, Japan has a lot of games that you would be surprised to hear, like Operation Wolf, Rastan, Columns, Altered Beast, Outrun, Afterburner 2, Thunderblade, and Golden Axe. Hmm. Those all sound like 
games from a specific company that would probably not want to put it on a competing system. Yeah, it's not like they have a master system or upcoming Genesis to sell them to you on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of surprised they did it in Japan, even. Well, I think at that point, the PC Engine had like attained dominance, and Sega was probably just like, well, it's like throttling the NES, so let's throw a few things, like throw a dagger into it. Yeah. I guess they did put a few of those out on NES, right? Through Tengen? Yeah. Afterburner, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like this one because, um, well, let's get into it. Jason from Wisconsin, he says, I have a question about Fighting Street in the Turbo Graphics CD version of Capcom's original Street Fighter arcade game. At the beginning of each round, the computer says, Michael, does this refer to the character character in the game named Mike? If not, what does it mean? <laughs> and obviously they say fight at the beginning. So like, <laughs> Right. I was going to say, where are you hearing Michael? I Is was this like Fighting Street? Fighting yeah. Street, right? On the Turbo yeah. Graphics? Yeah. Desperately oh. trying to figure out oh where does Michael? <laughs> I think it means you have a crush on Michael. If you're hearing Michael every time. <laughs> I have to double check to make sure his name is not Michael. That would be pretty. No, oh. it's Jason for sure. Jason and Michael sitting in <laughs> Okay. Well, they go into it a little bit more. Uh, it's pronounced phonetically in Japanese as Fito. Fito? And since, you know, the voice acting was probably a Japanese guy, he probably said Fito instead of fight. I don't know. I've, I don't know if I've ever played that. I've never played Fighting Street. Yeah. But that makes a lot more sense than Michael. Wow, what's that, Michael? It's an inflatable dude ab thong. Wow, they actually molded that after me. <laughs> Did you get an image? You and like don't that? Don't forget, we both saw that that first Do episode you like of the podcast. That? So. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm thinking for um, kind of a return of that at some point. Yeah. I mean, I'd prefer if we keep this a shirt on podcast, but that's just me. You can't yeah, but stop you're me. over there looking like you're like uh, just came home from a formal office. So it's true. Yes, I didn't have time to change today. Yeah, it's a business podcast, Ryan. Yeah, my little business. Fifty percent le- less dick jokes. <laughs> it's not true. There's always room for dick jokes. Oh, work or play. There's so many dick jokes. Lots of. Lots of you gotta dick a little, little. Yeah, this is this is barely a video game podcast in the whole form of this. Once you get right. the audio files, this is a celebration of immaturity. Is really what this is. <laughs> I mean, uh, Toys R Us taught us I don't want to grow up, and you know what? We didn't. That <laughs> <laughs> should be the new new motto. I don't want to grow up. I just want to say dick all the time. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah there is a surprising amount of really when you look at our podcast there's a lot of dick jokes compared to like vaginal or breast jokes so i don't know what kind of tone we're setting but it's not good we, what we just don't have as much experience with those so right well and realistically vaginas just aren't as funny like let's be honest <laughs> yeah. i mean outside of queefs it's like their one redeeming quality <laughs> so and those are like unicorns, basically. So, <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, so, Donnie, he says, not long ago, I passed Keith Courage in Alpha Zone. I like that. 
saying that you passed the game. That's a pretty good mm-hmm. way of stating it. Uh, we, s- we used to do flipped. You flipped it? Flipped it. Wow. Can't use that anymore, otherwise you're just a dirty reseller now. You're a, True. a flipper. Flipping game. I don't know. We just beat him. Probably makes more sense. So what did he say after he passed it? Uh, he uh, The text mentioned something about another Keith Courage adventure. When will this new Keith Courage game come out? If ever. And will what will it be like? <clears throat> well, let me uh, set it up. Uh, it, it, it jumps forward in time five years in the storyline for Keith Courage. Um, he uh, falls into an alternate dimension where uh, somebody bought his game, so they cared enough to make a sequel to Keith Courage. <laughs> Uh, but the reality is that didn't happen. It was a terrible pack-in, a lackluster game, and I'm sorry that you spent enough time to beat the original. That's probably the only thing he had, right? Probably. Yeah. Poor guy. I don't know why you would want to be like, yeah, we'll get another one. Yeah, I guess you have to buy another Turbo Graphics if you want yeah, to get the new pack-in. To be fair, it isn't the worst game on the Turbo Graphics, but there's absolutely oh, no. nothing special. Or redeeming about it, sadly. It's not a Mario or a Sonic. It is not. I think if they'd have packed in, like, Legendary Axe or better yet, Splatterhouse. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that would have helped their sales costs. <laughs> like, <laughs> Splatterhouse on the front. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, like, the chibi, Wanji, Gunparo, Graffiti art, you know? Like, yeah. Monpaco Graffiti. I don't even know what it's called. I can't. Why am I pretending like I'm going to get it right? I'm not going to. All right, John. He's wondering, does NEC have a cleaning kit for the TurboGrafx-16? And if so, why haven't I seen anything about it? Must be like the NES cart that you would put in your... Yep, pretty much. Like Just like a Hue card. I guess they call it one-up cards. Yeah. I think it's the same one that you use for your NES. It's just called your mouth. <laughs> just just blow on it. Just blow on it. Yeah, blow it till it works. Blow it till it comes on your screen. I don't know if they ever made an, uh, a real one for it, but that's got to be worse. If than one exists, if it exist. it's probably in Japan. I'm guessing. Yeah, it's really I've easy, really though. never had a problem though with my P- Turbo Graphics, even this as old as this is, with not reading a card. Mm. Mine, I had to uh, take a, like a paper towel, put it over the card. And put some alcohol on it, and then I just w- went back and forth on it a little bit, and then and cleaned out. it out. Yeah, nice that and helped. slow. I thought that was the problem, before but before it was squeaky clean. <laughs> Not as long as you like. That also didn't fix the problem though, because Turbo Graphics kind of sucks, and you have to have the card in the exact position that it wants it to be in, and sometimes that's not the spot that the console tells you to put it in. Are we still talking about video games? <laughs> Sometimes you need to flip it over, tell it it's a bad console, and slide it in the expansion port <laughs> in the rear. Yes. <laughs> That's just how it works. Uh, oh, yeah. Hit the run button after that. <laughs> Problem solved. Uh, yeah. I don't know. There's uh, there's a lot of people just saying, we love your magazine, we love the Turbo Graphics." They're desperately that, clinging on to it as yeah. they should because it's amazing yeah but you can definitely tell like there's not a whole lot else going on in the world of turbo graphics <laughs> this list has 
has like all of these that are uh, coming out, all these games that are coming out. And one of them says Disney game. What would that be? Well, there's Darkwing Duck. Oh, there's yeah, and Tailspin. Tailspin. Right? That's right. Yeah. Yes. Both of which are terrible. That's right. Huh. There's a lot on this list that I don't think came out either. <laughs> it came from the desert. That came out CD. Oh, okay. Camp California? Mm, never heard of that. Yeah. Hey, they had a Battle Royale game. Oh, yeah? Fortnite? <laughs> no, it just says Battle Royale. <sighs> but, yeah, there's not a lot going on in these. So, I think our days of looking at TurboGrafx uh, questions are, are there. It's That's mostly sad. just people whining and be like, are we getting games for this thing? <laughs> Uh man, I wish I lived in like the alternate reality where like <clears throat> the Turbo Graphics had gotten the dominance that it did in Japan and like really given the Nintendo a run for its money like it did over there. Yeah, well, that's what a lot of this is: is they these people are aware that it's going bonkers in Japan, and then they're seeing it not yeah. translate over here. I mean, obviously, it didn't matter anyway because like they all but I mean they completely one hundred percent squandered that advantage they had in Japan predecessors but it still would have been cool to have like way more releases available over here because it's mm-hmm. it really is a great system other than one controller port that's and true RF. and bravo man yeah and impossible mm, that has like sumo Thank guys that courage. jump like frogs so that's okay and, and deep blue oh yeah that that's We're not supposed to talk about that anymore the shooter that re- shall not be named I guess I'm really not doing well for the Turbo Graphics right now. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. Well, Nate, Andy, I think we're ready to have you do your spiel. Do you want me to use a low voice or a normal voice? Mm, let's tone it down a little bit. I liked it; it was sexy last time. Yeah. A little, little Barry White, play mm. some of that sexy music. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if you enjoy the show and would love to. Send us a comment. You can send that at weekendrentalpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you check us out on social medias, Twitter, Facebook, and you can find all things Weekend Rental at weekendpodcast.com as well as geekcade.com. And as always, be kind. Rewind. (sighs) Bananas, Nate. Bananas. (laughs) Diglett. Bananas. Dongle. Chicken mole. I'm getting like, uh, uh, wet dream, uh, play it.